listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by Chloe Fisher and myself, Elodie Pullen. Join us as we blindly navigate and unpack the raw and often unspoken experiences of womanhood, grief, friendship, and everything in between. Encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful, we've made a promise to ourselves to find our shine and build a life of triumph and joy. Darling Shine is your survival kit to the unexpected shit life throws at you. Welcome back to Darling Shine. Today we have Tahina McManus with us. Tahina is an Australian model, actor, producer, writer and director. Chloe and I watched Tahina's very personal misunderstandings of miscarriage film that she began documenting in the midst of her third miscarriage. What we love about Tahina is her mission to connect women who have an otherwise unspoken bond in the world of baby loss. The documentary covers an array of other women's miscarriage stories alongside Tahina's. Statistics show that one in four women will miscarriage, will miscarry, and 75% of those will feel unsupported during and after, after the miscarriage. So to, together with Tahina, we strive to move towards a world where conversations around miscarriage are as common as miscarriage themselves. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Tahina. Oh, thanks so much, girls. I really appreciate it. Yay. Uh, we're so excited to have you. Yeah, we're so excited. I remember um, I remember when I was young, like looking up to you and your sister and I was like, oh, they're such beautiful, amazing models and um, no. I needed. I needed. To, I actually needed to jump in here, which is really funny. And I was gonna. I was gonna throw it in at the end. I haven't told you this, but my husband Paul. Basically, I was like, "Yeah, we're we're interviewing Tahina for the podcast," and he's like, "Oh my god!" When I was growing up, I was literally had the biggest crush on her. Like she was like the Billabong model, and I was like with Reef. And I'm like, "Oh, do you want to just come on the podcast?" And as early as like, "No," I was like, "I'm gonna tell them that." I was. I didn't tell you that earlier, but he's like, "Yes, yeah, she was just like." Every every boy was just so obsessed with her when when we we're growing up. Oh my god! <laughs> so there you go. Because there's a couple of days, you know, in the midst of the Sydney lockdown and being 35 now and having my third Whoa. piece of cheesecake, where I kind of go, there was a time. Oh my gosh! You talk like you're old. You've still got it. 35 is so young. <laughs> I know it's funny, isn't it? But I think it's yeah. always. Um, I mean, as well, it's like lived experience, what you be through, it just changes you so much. And I, if I look back at my time as, you know, an 18-year-old version <laughs> of myself, it's just so crazy because yeah. it actually isn't that long ago, but it is. It's so long ago. It's like crazy. That's so true. A few things happen in your life and all of a sudden you grow up like overnight, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So your whole, everything, what you used to put importance on changes and yeah, it's, um, been a wild ride certainly in my life that's for sure wow tahina well huge props on the documentary chloe and i watched it a few times and we uh we loved it i was on the verge of tears the whole time thank you so much for being so raw and vulnerable and just so real um personally i've i haven't been through baby loss before but i have firsthand seen chloe go through multiple miscarriages um and the after effects emotionally and physically on, on her after those um, and like even in the documentary you spoke about like, you know, that fear of going to the bathroom to see what what you might pull your undies down to and I, I saw Chloe be like, I'm scared to go and check, like I'm scared to go to the bathroom and I just, I loved how it like 
how real it was just watching the documentary. I was like, holy shit, everyone needs to see this, I don't, even if you haven't been through it. And yeah, also, the first time like, I ever watched it, like I watched it by myself because some of the, some, one of the girls told me to watch it and I, I think I had just gone, I was maybe a month or two out of my first miscarriage and I sat down and I watched it by myself and I had like obviously cried my eyes out. It was so like hit home so hard for me. And the next day I literally made Paul sit down and watch it with me. I was like, I need you to sit down. Like, I, cause you know, men get it, but they, they don't, they don't get it to the core that women like when you've got, you're going through it. And I'm like, I just need, I want you to watch this with me because it's like some of the stuff that you, you talk about is like, it makes so much sense when you watch it. And, and um, yeah, Paul, like even he was crying in the end. I was like, Oh Jesus. Aww. It's like, it's like, it, yeah, it's a lot. Um well, that's yeah. the thing. It's um, when you're experiencing, and thank you so much for even watching it and those really nice words to say about it. Because I, I guess when I was making it, I had no idea. You know, I, I mean, I, I do see a conversation growing, and I think, but certainly when I first started filming it, um, very much like what you know you were saying, Chloe, is that that you're going through something so personal, and you hide everything, and. I had all these videos that I was doing and I was like, I'm, I'm not really sure if I want to do this. Do I want to do this? What, like I was trying to, you know, go through the filmmaking process but also go through what I was suffering. And, um, and that was part of the reason of making as well, like what you were saying with your partner and things like that was just um, I wanted other people to kind of understand the experience because I felt like there was a secret club of women who had experienced loss that I was connecting with. But as soon as you sort of stepped out of that, no one else kind of knew what to say or mm. do or understand and the partner felt unsupported, they didn't know what, and it just got really complex. So I felt like if I could break it down, you know, use my journey as sort of like the baseline and then talk to all these other women and, and mm. their experiences, I could probably come out with something that will help a lot of people in which, you know, I've, I've had some really great feedback from women and I mean, that's all I set out to do in the beginning, you know. I loved mm. all the little bits along the way that that would just definitely go go missed by many, like many people would never know. So like when clothes, like when you didn't hear a heartbeat in your last scan, yet you've got to go back and see that doctor. You've got to sit in those waiting rooms with those other pregnant, really happily pregnant people and you're about to go in and they're about to talk about your baby in mm. in words like, let's remove the this the rest of this product from your uterus or or cells and she's like that's i've planned the next 20 years mentally in my head with this child that's my baby that's not just a little cell mm. totally um, yeah and i love i love that so many people would think that um the first 12 weeks like you're in the clear after that and you've shown us so much that unfathomable unfathomable shit happens and it can happen in the third trimester um so can we talk about that 12-week wait and why do we do that? <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because mm. certainly I think the 12-week rule sort of stems from this idea of that like you can't talk about something so personal and make other people feel uncomfortable and um, because, you know, I guess miscarriage, the likelihood of miscarriage is sort of raised within that 12-week window. So you often hear comments from like medical professionals saying, you know, don't get too excited. Just, But, you know, if you have seen those the, the positive test, of course, you your brain goes, oh, my God, this is a life, this is my future. So it's very hard to kind of 
separate yourself from this idea that, you know, there's a growing. And I, I guess that's what I wanted to explore as well is that I, I completely understand and respect the medical profession is that, you know, this is a group of cells. This is a fetus. This is when this, you know, like it's broken down. But like what you were saying, it is uh, your baby. So I really wanted to explore that. And I wanted women to see the other side of the perspective as well from the doctors, because often, you know, they're, because miscarriage is so common, they're inundated with the, with women coming in saying, you know, I've lost my baby, I've lost my baby. And they're very pragmatic about it. But I, I believe by us voicing what we're going through, there can be some like systematic change within the medical system about how they actually use their language. So the emotional impacts don't affect you so much. And I guess the 12 week rule, going back to your previous, because I waffle on, sorry, but the, the, going back to your previous question is that it's, it, I think ultimately if we can start to, and I don't, by no means, I mean like go on Facebook or social media and say, hey, I'm pregnant at one, you don't have to, but certainly telling those people that are close to you that if anything was to happen, God forbid, um, you have a support system around you. And the likelihood of something happening after 12 weeks is also very, so I, I, I don't quite understand it because I've spoken to women who've lost babies at 14 weeks, at 20 weeks, and, um, you know, it doesn't, and that was one of the other, the bigger conversations was the term of the gestation shouldn't determine the validity of the loss. It shouldn't be, well, you lost it, you know, at least it was only two weeks rather than 25 weeks. Well, no, because you're still experiencing those very real feelings. So it's 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 confusing and it's hard, but I think the more women talk about early pregnancy, because early pregnancy is full on and intense and your body changes so much within like the first week, um, you need that support system. So I, I, I'm a true believer in telling those people that you love um, yeah, if and, you're pregnant. And you I feel like... I feel like for myself, because I've been, I've been going through IVF and my journey is completely different to most, like, whereas a lot of people are invested in where I'm at because I've been quite vocal about it on social media and on this podcast mm-hmm. and like my friends and family, most of the time they're like, oh, you're in another cycle. You've got this. So people are following up, like, did it work? You know, did it work? If you, you know, so I, for me, it's very much like, I don't know how I could, I mean, I'm very open with telling people I probably wouldn't announce on social media and like you said, all that before 12 weeks, which is again, I don't even know why and where that number sort of comes from. But I, I, I tell all my close friends and family and like, for me, I've been always so excited, but I guess that leads like into what I wanted to speak to about like for myself, like I've had two miscarriages. We've been trying for nearly two years now. And like, for me, the thought of pregnancy is just like, it terrifies me. Like I, 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 I don't even, I know it sounds really dark, but I'm like, I can't foresee it. Like I know I will have a baby one day, but like I've had so much trauma and so much loss that I'm like, what does that even feel like? And, and like, how do I, like, what do you, like, how do you, how did you, after your miscarriages, like, are there any like ways or any things that kept you mentally sane and to be able to kind of give yourself strength to kind of push through and believe that it will happen. Ah, uh, look, it's every journey is like it, it's your own experience. So I guess 
with my first miscarriage um, because I had never experienced loss before. We had only started trying. Um, so my journey was a little bit different because I didn't go through IVF. So, um, you know, it was one of those things like we, you know, wanted to have a baby. I felt pregnant straight away and then lost that baby. Um, and then I fell pregnant with Echo, my daughter, which sort of added like a Band-Aid effect. Mm-hmm. It was only when I had my second and third miscarriage that all of a sudden it was like those emotions that I kind of buried with my first. And like you said, it's it's quite traumatic. A miscarriage is quite traumatic, not only yeah. physically where you're losing a lot of blood and then like you were saying before, that like you're terrified to go to the bathroom and, um, you know, all, all those type of things. But the emotional impact is so intense because you just feel like a failure like it's all your fault what are you doing wrong and so the things that helped me are definitely um talking about it yeah but I spoke to I didn't speak to my husband about it I had a very good friend of mine who had been through loss and I just it was like just like verbal diarrhea just coming out of me and I was so angry and I was frustrated and what funnily enough um and I don't know if you're feeling this while you're going through what you're going through. But I found when I fell pregnant again, the pressure from my family, like, is everything okay? Like, then I felt like, oh, God, like, uh, if if this doesn't happen now, I've got this added pressure because everyone's so invested. So it's all very multi-layered. But certainly if you can kind of separate yourself from what you're going through and be like, okay, these these are the feelings that I'm feeling because of my experience. Mm -hmm. So you know, and just kind of break that down and speak to, you know, I mean, I, there's a support group called the Pink Elephant Support Network, which um, are doing amazing things. And I didn't have any of that when I was going through my loss, but I found when I was on those, um, what do you call them, chat group yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Facebook. Showing my age. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, uh, like that really helped. And also – sitting in the knowledge that it is nothing that you can control. So as soon as I let go of this idea that I can control this outcome, Mm. you actually can't. It's like a biophysical something in your body that it's actually, it's not your fault. If you had the power, like I said, if I had the power where I could control this situation, this wouldn't happen, but I can't. So it's just letting go of those ideals that you put in your head for that. No, it's just literally such a miracle to fall pregnant naturally. Like just, yeah. Um, But something else that really stuck out to me in your documentary is that you seem to fall pregnant quite quickly each time. Do you think there's a misconception around people who are fertile maybe won't have issues and they'll like carry through to full term? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, um, yeah, again, I, I, it it was one of those things. And and that was also that weird terminology terminology out here was like well at least you can fall pregnant yeah and it was like this comparison like, thing and and uh, you just sort of yeah you sort of think oh that's not what I'm getting at like I like this still hurts but yeah I um definitely um I, I did I, I fell pregnant really quickly um I have three kids now um each like I I did I fell pregnant but not to say that um the loss of the babies that happened didn't mean anything, you know, like it was just, but I, I do. Yeah. I think there's this idea that, and especially, and I think that's why as we get older and the longer we keep trying, especially some of the, of the older women I spoke to or women who have gone through multiple rounds of IVF. And I have a few friends who are going through that now. 
um, are just blaming themselves so much because it's they think it's something from like from them. Like, why can't I just be like you and just fall prey? You know, like it's this weird self blame. Yeah, and you're not guaranteed anything. That's the problem. You're just not guaranteed anything. Yeah, I mean, look, I I've done IVF three times. Three. I've done two yeah. rounds of IVF and one one IUI round, and like none of none of them have been successful. Like, and I can barely even get yeah. eggs out to like like to make it to the even blastocyst like day five. Um, so yeah. I fully, it's just like it, it. The whole thing is just like far out. How am I actually even? <laughs> How do I, how am I even doing this? It's crazy because you get to the other end and you're like, this is a blur. Did that even happen? Like how did, like it, yeah. it's, it, it's. You must be exhausted too. Like the I emotional, like, hormonal toll is, yeah. And like, because I've been over in America, like we, I've been kind of holding off because I wanted to go back to be with my doctor and like, we've been trying naturally and obviously and trying fucking hard. I'm like, I can't have any more sex. <laughs> I'll break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why is this yeah. not working? Like, why well, can everyone else do it, but not me? And that's kind of like, I would, I, you know, it, I, like, I feel like people, not that, like, not that people shouldn't take it for granted, but like, it's like Elodie said, it's like a miracle. Like, it, I, I don't know, for me anyway, that's how I, and I, I feel like even yeah, when I do I, fall pregnant, I'm not like, at what point after your miscarriages do you feel like you can celebrate this life? Like, I don't know. I, I would be, I'm going to be petrified the whole way through until that baby's in my arms. Yeah. And I think, I think everything you're feeling is totally normal. Um, when I was, when, when I was pregnant with Oshin, I, I had, I was anxious the whole time, even yeah. to the point where after his birth, I had like severe anxiety and I, I had problems connecting with him and I had problems connecting. And I, I'm open about that in the doco that I'm I like, I was like, I have no, I'm not connecting with this baby. Like it's really weird compared to my first birth. Um, but yeah, it is hard. It, you know, and again, because I, I haven't gone through IVF, but I know that women who have gone through it, um, there must be just so much frustration there because it like, and that's what I was sort of getting to my point of like, um, this idea that if you could control the outcome, you know, like why is my body not doing what it's supposed to do? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the hardest thing for especially the women that were going through IVF in the film and what they had to go through, you know, we had someone who had an egg donor from her Mm -hmm. sister Mm -hmm. and then spontaneously fall pregnant with her second on her own Mm -hmm. years later uh, with no no help at all with anything. And then we had someone who did multiple rounds of IVF and went and said, no, I'm not doing it anymore. Then we had yeah. another one who had multiple rounds of IVF and fell pregnant with twins. And then so you just don't know how it's going to, like you don't know the outcome. The hardest thing, and I guess, you know, my only advice to you while you're going through this is try not to um, and it's so because so many people said it to me yeah. when I had two losses and then <laughs> then I was like I'm done I'm done and then bang I fell pregnant and I couldn't believe it. I was yeah. like what is happening right now so it's um it is just really try not to get into that like negative self-talk mm-hmm. because the the joy of of the actual experience will get ripped away and it becomes like a chore and something that, you know, is not, you know, sex is supposed to be fun as well, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, it's, but it's hard. It's, you know, this is tough. This is, it's, this is tough. The world is tough and, you know, unfortunately like women, you know, with pregnancy and fertility and this, we carry a lot of 
shit with us to go through that, you know? Yeah, no, I I agree. And it's like baggage that you don't even have, like, it's like, yeah, it's like this emotional baggage that you carry constantly, but you haven't even got what you want in the, you know, and it's just, yeah, Yeah. it's, you know, like, wow. Yeah, back to our first point, it's kind of what makes you a woman. It's kind of like, bang, you come out that other side and you will learn so much about yourself. But until you kind of start walking that road, you have no idea. Yeah. Then you start walking that road and then it's like, wow, hello. That's <laughs> Rami's that Rami? Rami's hello. our executive Sorry. producer. <laughs> or producer. One of my favourite parts, and it really resonated with me in a completely different way, was you normalising not connecting with the baby while it's in your belly for fear of what may happen. Um, mm-hmm. I just... I am around so many people that are always like, how's, how's Bob cooking along? Are you talking to it lots? What do you think it is, a boy or a girl, rah, rah, rah? And I I've, I think at the start I was super connected and I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. rah, rah. But now I, I literally I'm still I'm, I'm in my third trimester and I'm still so scared something about to go wrong. I'm so, and I think from seeing what Chloe's gone through and after watching your documentary and having lost my partner, I'm so scared of losing another person. And yeah. I, I go to a scan and I'm literally surprised when there's a heartbeat. I'm like, oh, fuck, thank God, like I can breathe again for until the next one. And I, I just think I'm sure there is so many people in this exact same boat for whatever reason or just not not maybe spiritual or intuitive and they're not connecting to their bubs but there's so many people around like I'm seriously finding so many of my friends are like how's Bubba going what what are you are you really connecting yeah. and I'm like no I'm not <laughs> yeah it's funny is it because it's all coming from a loving place but mm. I think what you kind of you know what you've gone through as well is significant trauma it's an experience that like you know, so you have to give yourself permission to kind of be, just be mm. and not have to, you, and, and again, like, especially with connecting with pregnancy, there is a lot of pressure out there because you see these beautiful baby bumps and you can do the beautiful baby bump picture, but still have moments where you're <laughs> yep. like, I hope this is the right thing. Yeah. I'm terrified, you know, yeah. and that's totally normal too. And I think, um, I think owning up to that is really strong, you know, and, and mm. even, like I said, even I, I'm really interested in exploring, um, you know, the fourth trimester now, which is after the birth, because having a new baby into the world is so crazy. And my middle one, which is Oshin, the, the, the son that I have during the filming. Yeah. Now just a quick word from our sponsor, NatV. My favourite part is that there's no frills or trims or awkward bits on any of their pieces, just purely the comfiest underwear you will ever wear made ethically and sustainably. NatV also sell their underwear and their bras in packs of seven, one for each day of the week. So I discovered Nat V earlier this year and honestly, if you would look in my underwear drawer, it's the only underwear I own. I have all the bralettes, all the crops, all the knickers, all the Gs. I actually live in my cheeky G brief and I love the Ruby G and bralettes. So make sure you guys stock up with our code SHINE30. Like I said, for months I was there just going, I still feel really rocky about this. Why, why, why? And I couldn't work it out. And I never spoke to anyone about it or I I mean, I'm a really pragmatic person Mm. and I can kind of dissect my feelings really rationally. Um, But I knew that I was like, okay, this is coming from 
the fact that I went through A, B and C and I was mm-hmm. feeling this and I did this and then I was shooting a movie through it and then I saw a woman who lost her twins while I was 37 weeks mm. pregnant. Like oh, wow. So all of a sudden that broke it down for me and then it became yeah. so I think you've got to be a little bit easier on yourself and not, <laughs> you know, just be okay. It's all right. Like what you're going through is amazing and beautiful. Yes, we understand that, but it's also, yeah, it's, like you said, fucking terrifying and like I, you know, you want to get it right, you want to do the right thing and it's totally normal. I guess it's just that protective mechanism that our bodies just just happens. But, Absolutely. yeah, we can't, can't help but feel so guilty about it. Yeah, but the best thing you just did then by was just saying that out loud and going like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know, like I know, and, and you can kind of see from both perspectives because you know that your friends are being loving and caring mm. and you want to play along <laughs> and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. In, and then you're going to have those moments where you're like, I wonder, I wonder. I, wonder yeah. Yeah, totally. I seriously yeah. just make shit up to them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, all's going well. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon this week it's a boy. And then, then like, I just make shit up because they're like, what are you thinking? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, I don't and know. <laughs> with my pregnancy photos are full of all these, like, glorious pregnancy photos. And I'm like, you're such a liar, Tony. Yeah. And like, oh, <laughs> in that photo, you felt so crappy. So that but was like, just. I'm actually loving having a bump and I'm really enjoying that. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying my body. I honestly think I'll miss the bump, but in terms yeah. of what's inside, I'm like, is there really someone in there? I just, I'm scared. I'm not sure if there is like, it's, it's <laughs> so <that>. weird. Wild. <laughs> not, yeah, not- but it's, not, it's Look, you'll, you'll go on your own mm. journey with it. And some women have their baby and there's an immediate connection. I had that with yeah. Echo where I was like, and I mean obsessed like I could not take my eyes off her and then my son comes along and I didn't have that and then my third child which was a complete you know surprise blessing like I'm like obsessed with him so it's like this up and down roller coaster Mm. and I think you know since you go through those experiences it's just it's it's sort of creates like like the makeup of how you you will sort of react to things as you grow into you know the the woman you want to be you know Mm, yeah Mm. it's like unbelievable but I think once it's in my arms I'll be like oh my god there you are oh totally and it's wild (laughs) yeah I I think Chloe might be pleasantly surprised because I feel like you connect really well to your bubbers when they're in there and even to your baby spirits and I think you I think I oh yeah my my child is going to be smothered when, no, baby, like when it's in the womb oh i, I know well both I both both can- i connect to it and it's not even here i'm like the other day i'm like yeah. talking to the sky just going what is wrong like why won't you come down <laughs> we're ready for you this is the time and i literally yeah. i'm going batshit fucking crazy talking to sh- nothing i love yeah the idea of it but i'm like nothing that i've manifest like about this for the last two years has happened it will happen but like Anyway, mm. um, I want to. What you can do is hard. It's yeah, hard. I know. Like yeah. to, I guess I just that. like to not let like underestimate what, and like I think that that was the best thing about for me about your documentary. Like I learned stuff that I was like, oh, actually, I I do feel like that. I feel that, and like it's something yeah. that you're just not like pushing under the rug, and and it makes you kind of realize, yeah, what that you it's you're allowed to feel like that, and that's that's I think the most important taking that I got out of it. Um. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I wanted to speak to you and I, I, if you're comfortable speaking about your own personal miscarriages and how I know like 
some people, like I said, like there's one in four. I just keep on getting the the magic stick and I just had it twice. Um, but when you found out that you were, you were miscarrying or like when you, when, you know, how did you decide, like, did you have DNCs or did you decide to like, like let the baby pass naturally or like, because I know there's a lot, a lot of friends that I have had that I want to do it naturally and it takes weeks and months and it's like an awful experience. Whereas for me, as soon as I was told both times, I was like, book me in tomorrow. I need, I need it to be like, I need the baby to be out. I need to just like, I want to move on. And that needs to, you know, that was like the quicker I, it was done. It was done for me, you know, but how did you kind of navigate that? Uh, Well, with my, my first loss, um, which, which I think was one of the ones that stung and shocked me the most um, was it, it was a spontaneous miscarriage and it happened really fast. Um, So I, I woke up in the morning, miscarried, and and basically uh, lost the baby. I say the baby lost the yeah, fetus yeah, yeah. or whatever, but uh, within two days, because right. as soon as I went to the doctors uh, to get a second ultrasound, there was nothing. It was it was like, yeah. and it was it was so crazy because immediately all the symptoms that you sort of feel with early pregnancy um, disappeared as well. The second loss, um, which I was deeply connected to as well, like, again, sort of dreaming up this big idea in the universe, um, and I I wanted to uh, wait. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it was just weird. For me, I wanted to hang on to this idea. I don't know. It was looking in hindsight now, looking back, it might have been a little bit of just um, – I don't know, like self-torture. Like it was just like I just wanted to hold on Um, and I bled and bled and bled and bled and bled for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on end and finally went back to the doctors and I was like, I think something's wrong and I was basically forced into a DNC Mm -hmm. because I had tissue left over Um, and it's funny, I have an image of the the picture and it's still the shape of the fetus, like the fetus, so... Like he showed me, he's like, this is what we're cutting out. And I just remember being like, oh, oh it's, I it's the worst. Even. The worst feeling it's when you get pushed so in there with something in you and then you come out and you just feel like empty. You're like, mm, okay, now. It's totally yeah. empty and like, and then also like I was just like, I just had to go through, you know, a day. So like I just, it just felt so medical and yucky and it just sort of compounded on this idea that like, oh, something, I'm broken, you know, like here I am at the doctors again, it's, I'm all broken. Mm-hmm. And then the third time around um, was another spontaneous one and it was sort of similar to the first. I bled, I bled a little bit longer um, but the cramping was much more intense. So it kind of... I don't know whether because I, I had waited, I got the positive test and it was like literally that day and the cramps were just so intense. It was mm. like bang, bang, bang. So I, um, most of mine were like natural mis- – well, sorry, two of mine were natural miscarriage. One was a DNC that I was sort of forced into. Right. So, yeah. so how many weeks were you along for all three of yours? My first, um, I was about seven weeks. My second, 12th, my third, um, and when I say 12 weeks, I went in for a scan first and they were like, oh, something doesn't look quite right, but come back in a few weeks. 
So I was yeah. like still very hopeful that everything was okay. Yeah, but but I the weird thing was, and I guess my instincts were all skewed because I I was like, no, this pregnancy is fine. I remember I remember feeling like this pregnancy is fine, and then I went in there, and then they told me that, and then I knew I was like, this pregnancy is not fine. And then she said, mm-hmm. come back in a, you know in a few weeks, and I I just I knew as I was laying there, I was like, and isn't that torture? You're like. Come yeah. back in a three week, a few weeks. Like that was mm-hmm. the, actually now that I think of it, the first miscarriage that I had. I, I went in and we. I was like, it was a dating scan, and it was there, but it was like there was no heart, no, there was no heartbeat. But they're like, oh, maybe come back in two weeks, and I'm like, I knew instantly, and that was it was there was nothing. Like I just knew I had it in my gut, and I was that was I was going through that through the thick of COVID as well. So like, Paul wasn't able to be in any of the like appointments, Paul, like, and I guess it, it, that kind of leads me into the conversation about the sonographers and, mm. you know, how they, I remember when I was, I went back the second time for them to like basically confirm and she wouldn't put the the screen on. She wouldn't tell me anything. I remember laying there with like no pants on, literally shaking to my core. And I'm like, what, like, can you tell me? And she's like, I can't really tell you anything. Like, so she didn't tell me anything the first time and she basically just like shooed me out and I guess it was up to my my doctor to break the news for me. But the second right. time around, I, I I I saw a heartbeat and that was like the first time I'd seen a heartbeat. It was so, you know, my mom and I, because Paul was actually already away working, so I did it by myself again. Um, and my mom and I just like burst into tears when we heard the heartbeat and then Literally a week later, I just, like you said, I started bleeding and everyone's like, it's fine. It's like, can be normal. And, I, and you know, you just know, I was like, this is not normal. I am losing so much blood. I was like, almost like being all dramatic. I'm like, I need a blood transfusion. I'm losing so much blood. And they're going, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And then sure enough, I forced them into, cause my, my levels were still rising, like doubling like every single yeah. day so I was like yeah. kind of holding yeah. on to that little bit and then I that I was like no I need another ultrasound They're like well it was only just yesterday that you had it and it's still rising and I'm like no let me have a freaking ultrasound and then I had the ultrasound and basically this lady was actually really kind she was such a beautiful woman and she basically you know you you see it and you know what the little flicker, like you can, I saw the heartbeat only the day before. So I was like looking for that little flicker. I'm like, please, please, please. And then when I, I didn't see it, I, I knew straight away. And she was just right. like, oh, I'm really, you know, I'm really sorry. Like, unfortunately you've had a miscarriage. And, and then I feel like it's just dismissed and you're like, okay, like, bye, like sort of thing. And that was, that's sort of it. And I, I, yeah. I, I, we've actually had a lot of um, women that have written into us that are sonographers and they're like, how can we, better help or you know what can we say to help you women that are going through this I mean for a start like I said the first woman that I had was absolutely the coldest human I've ever met in my life and I'll never go back to that radiology place again um but yeah like what in your experience like do you do you think that there's not really much they can say but like have you got any any like can you do you want to say anything about that well, I think, like you said, to humanize the experience a little bit more, I understand, and this was when I was talking to the doctors as well, I understand that they have a, a very medically mm. necessary job to do. Um, but like you said, when you're in there and, you know, you see a heartbeat and then you don't see a heartbeat anymore, there's n- nothing quite like that oh. experience. Um and it's funny that you said, because I, I actually just had a sonographer reach out to me lately um, wanting to have a chat about 
how she can sort of, uh, she's volunteering with the Sonographers Association and how she can sort of open up this topic about how to broach difficult news yeah. because they're not doctors essentially. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, I certainly believe in the power of language and empathy and I think, um, like you said, there is this idea that it's very dismissed. My mm. first loss, I also had a really cold sonographer who was like, I don't see anything here. <laughs> it's awful. It's like, are you serious? Yeah. I just lost yeah. my my world and you're telling me to go yeah, home and take exactly. a fucking Panadol? Like, come on. Exactly. It's really painful. And it's so I, I really believe a little bit of sensibility is is all that's needed. And I had, in my second loss, I had a really good experience and I can only sort of use examples, but the, um, the sonographer who was the same sonographer said, come back in two weeks. And she was like, I'm just, I'm so sorry. There's no heartbeat. And she held my hand and she said, I'll let you take as much time as you want. Don't worry. And she was like, I'm just so sorry. And even just that little bit of validation and that little bit of just gentle kindness was enough to kind of, you know, I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't have the answers, but you know, I, yeah. I remember when I first made this, and I was like, I wonder if there was a way, and I didn't realize actually the big undertaking of it because I, I started working on it with another woman, and um, you have to actually get it approved, but just like a pamphlet or something that you could be yeah. given as soon as you walk out of that sonographer's office, like mm. here's what you might experience, and here's who you can talk to if you need it, you know, um, rather than having 100%. to go home and Google everything. So yeah. literally the sonographers need to know to tell them to watch the mum documentary. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We had an amazing sonographer on there who was like, you know, delivering she, and she says as well, like telling someone bad news is, is very difficult. There has to be a, a certain, a bit of education around it, you know, because, um, I, I, I don't think you can go in blind. You can't. Yeah. 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 Just being a human, as you say, and just having that like a tiny bit of nurturing. But, yeah. 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 And I, I and believe me, I understand you have to emotionally disconnect because it's your job. Yeah. But, but I do think there's a certain aspect that needs to be like, you know, simply saying go home and take a Panadol or you've had a <laughs> miscarriage is kind of not enough. Like you need yeah. to soften that. Yeah, it really would be the hardest job. I'd be in tears if I was, I, I would never be able to do that job because I'd just like be with the patient just on the bed fucking crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a, yeah, you've certainly got to have a, you know, be a little bit tougher, I think, with that that type of work for sure. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, um, Tina, what be- better way we can actually support, well, you can support, well, friends and family can support someone going through a miscarriage. Okay. Um, I guess the best way for friends and family, because you're not physically experiencing Mm -hmm. loss is, um, you would treat it as if anyone else was to lose someone in, in the sense of like being there, showing your support and acknowledging that whatever they're feeling, whether it be, you know, they're completely heartbroken, grieving for weeks on end is all normal and you're there and you understand and acknowledge that they're grief. And I think that they're grieving. And I think that's a big problem with miscarriage is that it's a disenfranchised grief and no yeah. one sees, see, sees it as a real grief unless you have a physical baby that you, like that's the shape of a baby and, you know, you've yeah. lost that baby. So I think um, certainly for women, uh, sorry, friend, sorry, friends and family, 
um, if they can acknowledge the loss and just be there and show support, anything that belittles the loss, like, well, at least you can fall pregnant or Mm. at least it was three weeks or at least this or at least that, it doesn't help. It just helps to sort of, you know, be there and really truly be sorry for for what they are experiencing. I, I think that you're so right when you say empathy. Like, and I, I've recently, like I've got 15 friends that are pregnant and like you said, going through a miscarriage is you, you're actually losing it, it. Just like treat it like losing anyone else. Like I know mm-hmm. like it's not a physical being in your hands, but it's still something that you're growing inside. And I like, I sadly have recently lost a really good friend over this because she's been, she was pregnant um, and announced to well, myself that she was pregnant, but had zero, zero, didn't touch on what, like I was going through a miscarriage at the time. Mm. And she literally just told me that she was pregnant, one of my really good friends. And it was like, there was absolutely no empathy, empathy. or any even touched on what I was going through. It was not like, I'm so sorry what you're going mm. through. This is the hardest thing in the world to tell you, but I'm pregnant sort of thing. There was mm. nothing. And it's heartbreaking and it's very hard to tell someone. Like I like I said, I've got 15 friends that are pregnant and every single one of them are told me different. But it's really, really like for me, I feel like the longer the longer it's gone for me to um not have not be falling pregnant, like it's coming up to two years. It's weird because it's the, the more triggering things are becoming for me. Like I dead set saw someone at the airport the other day. And Paul's like, oh, my God, I can't wait till that's us, like little baby on the front. And I just looked at him and I just had a full meltdown, bored my eyes out, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. it is like, you know, the baby shower thing, like it, especially when you've gone through so much loss, it is so difficult and like it's not like you're not happy for other people that are pregnant. It's just like it's 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 something that you can't explain until you've actually kind of gone through that. And like I, you know, I like like you said, I think, the own that for me personally it's just empathy like feel for that person even if you can't exactly understand what they're going through just show that you you know make an mm. effort to reach out yeah. and ask them are you okay like I'm here for you you know what you know sort mm. of thing so you know I I it's a real tough one and it, there's not really any answer like an easy answer but it's just like a bit of kindness a bit of empathy like it goes such a long way It does. And I think that's all. I think that a bottom line is because there is no, there is no written rule, but certainly I think just being a better human can start, you know? Yeah. Um, And all those feelings um, of, I, and I know when you see pregnant women or women who have no problems within their pregnancy or just, just in general anyway, is just that idea where it's, it hurts so much when you want something so bad and someone else has got it. Mm. And it's just trying to, and it is, it, you're allowed to feel all the things um, and just remember that, you know, it's okay to feel all those things. And um, I don't know, I, I remember seeing like a, a couple of my friends fall pregnant, fall pregnant so easily and have these great magical births and have no complications and I'd just be so envious. Mm, yeah. And I just sort of went, okay, I'm feeling that. I'm. It doesn't, I'm not, I'm not, blaming them I'm not sort of belittling their journey or their experience and you're so happy for them but you're you're heartbroken for yourself you know you're like yeah what am I doing wrong (laughs) yeah and that's okay and that's I think that's human nature and I just think you know unfortunately there's there's a lot more people out there who kind of dismiss those feelings and um you know whether it's yourself or you know someone close to you who who clearly 
it's not a great friend. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but I, I guess like that if all of our listeners, if you haven't watched the documentary, like we've obviously touched on a lot of things in this chat, but like I keep like, please, even if you don't know someone that's gone through a miscarriage, if you haven't gone through one yourself, there's so much in that that it will help you better understand it. And for when you will, you will at some point in your life know somebody who Mm. goes through a miscarriage. It's one in four. That's the statistic. And you will need, like, you will, from watching the documentary, you will get tools to be better help your friends and family going through it. Um, Because, like I said, I learned a lot and I had been through one. There was stuff that I didn't even know about myself after watching it. Um, So, yeah, thank you so, so much. Like, we, we, like, Ellen and I both adore you and we're really grateful that you came on the podcast and we're, you're actually our first. One of our first guests that we've we've interviewed, so it's really yeah. exciting. And you're actually our second real guest, actually. Third. Oh, that's real. awesome! I love yeah, that you said real lucky. guest. <laughs> Fisher wasn't a real guest. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you girls are great, and I, I I've been following a little bit of what you guys have gone through as well. And I, I think you're really amazing women. So good job, and um, keep helping others. It's it's really amazing. Thank, oh, you, thank you so, so much. much. Well, you've helped millions millions of people going through this around the world and creating in creating another really really necessary resource for them to feel supported and heard so where can um people uh, watch if they want to go and watch the documentary yeah so mum or misunderstandings of miscarriage is still available on stan in australia yeah. um you follow um at mum documentary we'll slowly be announcing um all our international countries soon um, and yeah, we're starting to branch out now and thankfully, um, we have a great support team who are getting the film out to the rest of the world in the right places. And so yeah, follow at mum documentary or mumdocumentary.com. Yay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank this you has so been such much. A great chat. Awesome. Yay. Thanks ladies. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.